Wave man. I got five lifestyles, you can pick one. I got four lifetimes, you can live one. I got three green lights in my hot beam sight. I'ma ride only if you bring a kick drum. Yo, I got two nights left in this town now. There's only one crown left, best bow down. I got homies in the south and the west side. Shit, let me find out. Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 27. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many episodes this particular season is going to be. Last season was five, no, six episodes, and we extended it by one extra uh, bonus episode because we usually did five. Um, so for this particular season, I want to leave it a little bit more open-ended, uh, only because the pace at which all these great announcements and projects and ICOs and all this goodness seems to be uh, accelerating quite exponentially. So uh, it's become kind of can't really take any breaks anymore. Uh, so that being said, uh, we're back again. Uh, and we're with um, the team from Poet um, with two gentlemen, Max Bronstein and Tyler Evans. Um, and I'm joined again uh, by my very faithful co-host is back again for another season, uh, Demetric Ferguson. Demetric, go ahead and uh, bless them uh, with your uh, beautiful voice. Hey everyone, I'm back again, host number two of the Bitcoin Podcast and Block Channel Podcast. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited. I, I fully uh, pre-ordered Marvel's Capcom Infinity today. That was a big deal for me. I was pretty excited about it. I just wanted to tell everyone. So let's do this show right. I also want to make a comment as we're talking about things that we enjoy. I just got a recently a new pair of Adidas and they're very comfortable. <laughs> All right, moving forward. <laughs> can we can we if we plug AirPods in there? Yeah, you guys can throw in your own plugs too if you want to free. <laughs> I don't I don't know if this works. Crypto might blow up, so just give it a whirl. <laughs> Uh, so, so like as I was saying, uh, you know, we're here joined uh, with Max Bronstein and Tyler Evans, um, and so in order to get you more tuned to who these gentlemen are, uh, we'll, we'll let the two of them individually intro the, introduce themselves to you and give you a, a backgrounder on them. So uh, let's go ahead and just start with uh, let's say Tyler. Um, Tyler, just go ahead and like bless our ears. Let us know about kind of like your background, educationally, functionally. How did you end up in the crypto space? what you've been doing here, um, and, and why you're excited about it. Sure thing, Stephen. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, having us on. Thrilled to be on the show today. Uh, my name is Tyler Evans. I'm the CTO of BTC Media, uh, which is the world's largest Bitcoin and blockchain information group. Um, you may know us from our publications like Bitcoin Magazine and Distributed and why Bitcoin? And now let's talk Bitcoin and Gong Shitan. So um, I've been in the crypto space for um, quite a while back now, um, dating back to 2014 uh, when I fell in love with the technology uh, in college when Bitcoin was all we had to work with uh, before blockchain was even a word or, or anyone had uh, done the first ICO. So it's been a, a blast and quite the ride to um, see how the industry's evolved and and uh, to be able to participate in new projects along the way. Uh, one of which we're here talking about today, um, Poet. So I'm a advisor and board member of the Poet Foundation, and uh, excited to get the chance to share a little bit about the vision for this project. Oh wow! Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for that very succinct um information uh, i think that uh it's great to have someone from uh the bitcoin media here on the show uh that makes me feel like i made it 
Um, so that's nice. <laughs> we <laughs> made it. We made it. So thanks for <laughs> yeah. So so thanks for that, Tyler. So so let's go ahead and jump into um, uh, Max. Max, um, could you do the same that Tyler did? Uh, give us the goodness. Of course, yeah. I uh, just kind of wanted to also reiterate, uh, you know, thanks again for having us, uh, Stephen, for kind of being patient with us and facilitating <laughs> all this. Um, yeah. So I guess my background uh, might not really be as glamorous. Um, born and raised in sunny Los Angeles, actually just graduated from UCLA um, in December. Mm -hmm. um, thanks. Thanks. Uh, studied political science and entrepreneurship. Um, and, you know, I, the first time I learned about Bitcoin, I actually vividly remember it. Um, it was summer uh, 2014. Um, my friend at the time, he had an internship kind of in the tech field. He, you know, he came back in our room and he said, um, you know, Max, have you heard about Bitcoin? And I said, um, no, I, I really haven't heard of it. Um, we started YouTubing videos on our couch and we sat there for, you know, the next six hours up until 2 a.m. Um, just really trying to comprehend, you know, what it was. And at the time, I really wasn't as technical, but I could sort of feel that, you know, these you know, talented computer scientists pretty much just created a new monetary system. It was kind of like at the time I was interning at, you know, this like social stock investing app where you kind of had all these like this application stack built on top of, um, you know, in the 1970s for like trading over the internet and stuff. But with Bitcoin, it literally feels like we just, we built money from ground zero. Um, so I was super excited and just really wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about it. We went on to start the UCLA Bitcoin Club. Um, and I will say at the beginning, it was kind of a plan to try and get freshmen to help us mine. Um, but then we kind of realized, um, <laughs> we, sort of, we sort of realized, you know, <laughs> we sort of realized kind of even in Los Angeles, how powerful, you know, the Bitcoin community was. And, you know, we hosted a couple um, talks with one of the professors at the UCLA uh, Anderson School of Management, Bhagwan Chowdhury. I think he sits on the board of Stellar. Um, you know, that just kind of propelled my excitement. I went on to intern at GEM. I was a product management intern. Um, later got connected with BTC Media and kind of helped with some uh, digital marketing stuff for um, Bitcoin Magazine and distributed, um, kind of learned about Poet and have been sort of involved um, minorly since its inception and kind of now um, just taking it full force. Now sort of head up media and strategy uh, responsibilities include kind of community management, um, you know, business development with different publications, media companies, kind of um, just day-to-day -day operations as well. So, yeah, that's my story. Awesome. Sounds like every, uh, the two of you both have, you know, a very broad range of skill sets, which <clears throat> in the crypto space I'm finding to be a lot more common. Um, you know, traditionally I felt like a few years ago everyone was either a programmer or they weren't. And then now it has evolved into everyone does a little bit of something digital, Something a little bit of programming, a little bit of writing, a little bit of political stuff, a little bit of economics. It's just kind of all over the board. And I think it's like interesting to see as um, you know, this industry continues to like grow um, the, the other different types of individuals that we're going to be uh, exposed to. So thank you for those intros, gentlemen. I really appreciate that. Um, to move forward here, let's, let's go ahead and uh, start the discussion um, talking about a poet uh, that Tyler mentioned earlier. And we mentioned in the intro, uh, and you know, as I understand it, uh, Poet is very similar to a, a previous um, platform, uh, which was called like Proof of Existence, uh, which was like I guess a time stamping um, like platform or a notary that allowed you to, like save documents to the blockchain. So um, I, I guess if, if you guys want to, whomever of, of you two, um, 
uh, want to like start the discussion and sort of like give us a high level overview of the uh, of the of the platform, and we can kind of go from there. Sure. So, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Poet was inspired by uh, Proof of Existence, which I think claims the title of the first non-financial use of the blockchain, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, a project started in 2013, I believe, by uh, Manuela Rose um, and uh, later developed by a couple other people, including um, Esteban Ordano. And so, you know, proof of existence kind of validated the, the time stamping functionality of Bitcoin. For the first time, uh, really in history, there's a way to record the existence of some document or some legal contract or some file um, in such a way that you could prove mathematically uh, that it existed at a certain time and that it hadn't been tampered with and that the file you had was uh, authentic. And so, you know, this, this idea has proliferated into um, a bunch of different applications for different industries where we have um, everything from uh, real estate titles being uh, hashed and stamped into a blockchain to, uh, you know, creative works, which is what poets focused on, to uh, art, to legal contracts and a whole host of um, startups that that make use of this functionality. And so uh, what we've done with Poet is really take this time stamping and hashing functionality um, and applying it to the media vertical specifically, which is the industry we know well and see a real opportunity to solve some of the challenges and pain points for media companies and publishers uh, using this application, the technology, as well as to extend it with additional metadata and additional features that build on kind of that base level timestamping um, to make it more useful for media companies and publishers and content creators and journalists. Yeah, to, piggy to piggyback kind of off of what Tyler said too is a problem we sort of witnessed firsthand at least, and this is kind of why that we're at least focusing on verticalizing publishing in the beginning is because um, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of marketplace friction, you know, within both financial and asset exchanges. Um, you know, especially now, you know, a lot, not only like has the internet sort of changed how um, digital assets are kind of shared on the web, um, it's allowed just any sort of digital publisher to much more easily create a brand um, just because you have such popular CMS platforms like WordPress. You know, you could spin up your own publishing brand in probably about an hour and a half of just tinkering with a theme. Um, and then you have all these social media tools at your disposable. Um, so it actually became quite easy, but when you're, when these publishers are sort of competing with names like Condé Nast, Hearst, you know, there is, um, there is a necessity to get content out quicker. Um, and you know, if you're sort of an editor looking for works, especially in the niche market, like something with a Bitcoin, you have to kind of scour different, you know, forums, trying to find writers, medium, Twitter, kind of LinkedIn, finding obscure blogs. It sort of takes a while. Then you have to engage, um, you know, each writer individually. You know, you get the actual content. There's a long copy edit process. You have to add digital assets to that. There's a whole slew of things you have to do to make sure you're you know, you're able to use those. And on top of that, you have to sort of negotiate um, payments on a per project basis. So we realized that you know it could take months to sort of a publisher work. And when you know a digital publisher's lifeblood is sort of getting content out there, um, you know that process could definitely be expedited through something like that. Hmm. 
Sounds very interesting. I'm I'm, I'm worried, like not worried necessarily, but is there is like a curation system to all this? When people are throwing this stuff on the blockchain, I'm pretty sure there's some way to curate it. Yeah. Or is the current scope more so just the capability to have it fully stored on the blockchain in some manner? So we're building a poet as uh, an open platform, essentially, to enable all sorts of use cases, including the curation and licensing content. And so basically, the the poet protocol is an open asset registry for all sorts of digital media assets where you can create a, a scarce digital good um, for the first time out of a digital media asset and add information and metadata to that piece of content, whether it's an article or a photograph or a video about who the owner or creator is and when it was first created and where it originally appeared and what the licensing or uh, reuse terms around that piece of content are. And hashing that all into the blockchain um, and creating essentially a a decentralized open asset registry that then you can build all sorts of smart contracts and apps and new projects that interact with all these digital media assets, whether that's a content marketplace or a photo licensing service Mm -hmm. or a, a smart contract that invests in the most promising journalists in any uh, specific um, niche area. There's all sorts of uh, cool media things uh, that we see the potential for on top of this foundation of a, an open asset registry. Mm-hmm. Now, and now this project, you know, it, it's built, it is built on specifically on Ethereum, um, correct? Like right now, like there's, there's no aspects of this that utilize Bitcoin currently, right? So we actually are using Bitcoin for this today oh. for the, the hashing and timestamping uh, yeah. because Bitcoin is the longest chain with the most proof of work and security. We are hashing basically a Merkle tree of, of content into Bitcoin specifically. Oh, okay. and, and, that, and that's not to say that we wouldn't consider um, Ethereum as like a second chain option, especially if the fees um, kind of grow as the price of Bitcoin grows. But just sort of when we were like, you know, really building it, building out the architecture, it kind of made the most sense to use the Bitcoin blockchain, just given mm-hmm. how expensive it would be to rewrite the chain. Yep. Yeah. Makes. Yeah. Make, definitely makes a lot of sense there. Um, so, so I guess in regards to um, uh, like future upcoming features, I guess you know you talked on those uh, a little bit. Um, so, so maybe you can just sort of fill us in, like what what do you expect coming along in like the short term? So, like as of present. Um, I've seen that, you know, I can go on to like BitcoinMagazine.com, um, view some of your articles, and I can see um, the attribution um, from uh, Poet, and I can click into there, and I can see like the original documentation in its entirety. Uh, you know, I can see like, you know, when it was submitted, et cetera. So, you know, what's, uh, what's something that's coming around the bend um, to like continue to sort of like push this project forward? So we released the alpha version of Poet a couple months ago, which, uh, as you referenced, is is live now on Bitcoin Magazine and on a couple other alpha partners, uh, including the Merkle and Crypto Insider and CoinSpeaker and Chainbee and Let's Talk Bitcoin. BTC Manager in the pipeline as well. And so we're working on integrating with other publishers as well to build up the library of content that's published on Poet. 
Um, and so, as you mentioned, today you can go use Poet to verify the authenticity of an article, and you can also use it to see basically an edit log for a particular article that's um, published or verified on Poet, so you can know how that article has changed and evolved over its life cycle. Um, so from, from that kind of foundation, we're building tools right now for these different publishers to be able to interact with each other and to um, license and republish and syndicate content from other um, media outlets, essentially, that are on the Poet Network um, with the goal of releasing an open content marketplace that any journalist or any content creator or any publisher could plug into to both discover new works that they can license or republish um, or as a way to monetize the creation of content. Yeah, and then sort of more like, you know, immediately around the bend, you know, we kind of separated our product roadmap, um, you know, into three sort of eras. We have the Rosetta era, the Gutenberg era, and the Alexandria era, era sorry, just to kind of, you know, symbolize the transformation of publishing. Um, and then so specifically the Rosetta era, you know, began with the release or our alpha release. And, um, you know, what we're kind of working on now is actually building out, you know, a standardized metadata schema that's going to make each publisher's catalog of assets much more discoverable. You know, we, you know, we'll definitely be onboarding, you know, much bigger publishers that have large catalogs. Um, and for them, just being able to search for metadata like URL, word count, author, publication, um, will just sort of reduce a lot of internal friction. And again, you know, we kind of want to start small. On top of that, we actually are building out a mobile app, um, which is more of an authenticator app, um, which is going to store your private keys and act as like an identity management system. And one thing we're sort of offering publishers um, like Tyler mentioned, is an immutable log of edits. So the way I like to think of it, think of it is, you know, when we're pushing out content and you have a lot of copy editors on it, everyone's making you know, comments, delete this, add this. Um, I would call it decentralized and immutable Google Docs editing form uh, for publishers, which is definitely really powerful when you know you need to be pushing out content quickly. Um, and there's multiple parties sort of editing multiple documents. Um, and kind of the last offering in the Rosetta era is sort of what you talked about, um, the Poet authentication badges. Um, for us, it sort of it sort of serves as you know thought leadership on behalf of the publisher too. Um, it kind of shows how they're utilizing blockchain technology, and you, it always links back to our uh, Alpha Explorer, where user and users can sort of see all the metadata that's been timestamped. So wow. would you? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, this this is probably going to be a dumb question, but is this going to put an end to the area of like not knowing if a dank meme? Was a repost or not? Yo, okay, 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 okay. See, hold on to that thought because I have pushed this in literally every meeting. I said, meet like r slash meme economy, r slash dank memes. Like this is one. This is one of Poet's killer, killer <laughs> app. I, it is because there's already there is already like just this burgeoning like group of people who are literally bidding up memes and like this has been my big push. Tyler can attest to that. So I personally, I personally think that we should definitely, um, you know be building out or, you know, finding entrepreneurs that will build, you know, a meme factory application on top of our protocol. That's a big one for me. Wow. Well, I, I'm, I like that. That's where I took all this. I was like, wait, now I could tell if the dank meme is original content or not. <laughs> well, if like... you think of, the, <laughs> if you think of the fat Jewish and beige cardigans, so like what, like, you know, in our decentralized speak, what do they do? Right. They're sort of intermediaries. They find memes around the internet that are good. They, they take them, they normalize them, they throw them up on their channel. They have millions of subscribers and they're netting, they're capturing all this value from the meme creators. They're netting thousands, if not millions in just influencer marketing money. 
when they didn't rightfully create the meme. So I think it's, I think almost as to paint the picture of what public can do, I think that's like a really effective uh, use case. Wow. So uh, that's that's awesome. (laughs) So so what do you say about, so what do you say about an ICO? Is there going to be an ICO since this is on Bitcoin or what's the deal? Because there's always RSK. What What are you guys doing? What's the plot? Or do you have enough money or is this more of a like a passion project with a I bigger? I see an ICO. I see an ICO. You you guys foresee correctly. There is a, a token sale coming for the Poet Project um, next month to raise the funding to really take it to the the next stage of its life cycle. Um, and so, d- despite the project using Bitcoin and uh, BitTorrent and some other decentralized um, technologies. We are opting to do uh, an ERC-20 token for um, compatibility with the, the ecosystem and uh, because it let us integrate with some of the smart contract functionality that we're planning to bring to Poet down the road. So what you're saying is currently right now it uses Bitcoin, but as it goes forward in the future, it'll be more so of a hybrid using Ethereum smart contract as well. Is that Am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, so we definitely want to integrate a smart contract functionality to Poet, um, whether that's Ethereum or RSK or Quantum. There's uh, a bunch of great choices out there for um, smart contracts today and, and that are in development. Um, so we'll definitely see some of that coming to, to Poet down the road. Are there some uh, highlights of your ICO? that you want to like verbalize here so people don't have to go to the website. I'm pretty sure they're going to go to the website. That sounds interesting, but just some highlights you want to throw out there. Like yeah, we'll also type, have a prob- it'll probably token. be listed on token data too, token data IO. Um, yeah. for, for, uh, if, I don't know if this might be listed there already. Just look. Yeah, I, but we, we should be, we should be kind of covered in all the calendars. Um, one thing to mention about the token sales, something that we're kind of, um, doing that's unique is we are actually implementing, um, you know, the, the token sale will only be accessible um, through an invite code. Um, and, you know, this isn't really meant to be, um, you know, really exclusive. It's just to kind of show, um, you know, potential investors enthusiasm for the project, getting an invite code um, is really easy. All you need to do is either subscribe to the newsletter on our landing page, um, you know, or just, you know, engage with us in one of our uh, public, you know, social communities, our public Slack, uh, Telegram channel. Feel free to reach out to any of our team members um, on Slack. You'll find us at Poet, you know, dash Max, Poet dash Tyler. Um, just feel feel free to reach out, um, kind of request an invite code, and we'll sort of provide um, next steps there. Um, yeah, Tyler, if you want to. Do you guys see this platform kind of competing with something like yours, or is it a little different? So right now it's a little different. This is more of a tool for publishers than a a social network more for a a way for um, journalists to to be able to better monetize their creation and for um, publishers to be able to share uh, and license content from each other and a way for um, you to be able to assess whether that meme or that photograph or that article uh, you stumble on on the web is authentic and to discover the owner and and to find out um, whether it uh, was um, allowed to be used in that given use case mm, i see so to me it kind of like it's a little similar to uh mac you remember when we did, interviewed uh uzo music 
Oh, what's the oh, name for yep. Mujo? It mm-hmm. seems like that, where like you put your metadata in, into an article, and then you shoot that puppy across the internet, and then people can easily trace it back all the way to you. Except for instead of music, we're talking about articles and dang memes and pictures. Am I on the right track there? You're you're on the right track. I mean, we definitely plan to support um, kind of audio down the line. You know, the goal is to be sort of this universal ledger for any type of digital uh, creative asset. Yeah. Okay. I'm tracking. I like it a lot. I'm still really excited about the dank meme verification. Like, that just has me. (laughs) Does your meme come with DMD? (laughs) DMD. (laughs) Not familiar. Uh, dank meme yeah. uh, verification. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know. I don't. I don't see the DMV tag on this meme. Yeah. So is that a, a certified use of this meme? <laughs> if you if you don't see a poet badge on that dank meme, you can you can you know it's not a dank meme. It's garb. <laughs> Can't make money on that. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I guess one one last thing. Um, we'll, we uh, before we scoot out of here. Um, would be um, just to pick um, either one of you all's brain uh, or both of you uh, and just have you guys leave us with a little bit of uh, um, information um, for our audience, uh, not in regards to Poet, but in relation to uh, advice uh, for the crypto space because uh, we are cro- continuously growing. Um, our podcast network currently is seeing like anywhere between like what, 55, 60, 70,000 people a month, something like We're that. We're going to cross 75,000 this month. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So our our podcast is a huge, huge network and it continues to grow. And we have so many different individuals from so many different walks of life on the show. So, you know, I always like to like leave it more open ended for the the guests to leave uh, information tips, either relation to Ethereum, the crypto space, Bitcoin, entrepreneurship, the developer stuff, anything like that. Um, just so that everyone ha- is left with some knowledge to chew on um, from all the bright guests that we have on the show. So, you know, if either you guys want to just like leave us with some thoughts or, or, or tidbits or just like lessons learned as you've been working to try and develop Poet, uh, that'd be really useful. That's a uh, Tyler, I'll let you go first and then I'll mull something over. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to post that at everything here. So take your time. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> You know, my I guess my um, <clears throat> piece of advice here would be, would be something that that's not going to be news to uh, anyone listening to this show, likely. But just that that uh, writing smart contracts that are secure and behave as you expect them to to do always is a very difficult task. And so it's um, been really exciting to kind of watch the proliferation of the the EVM and how these new platforms like uh, Quantum and RSK are all compatible with the EVM um, and the work that the Ethereum team's been been uh, building on uh, in order to make s- some standards for smart contracts that can run on any platform. Um, but at the same time, this is a, a super, super early area, and there's um, a lot of issues with both Solidity itself and uh, the execution of it on a number of platforms. And so um, I would just just urge um, developers and projects to really take their time, uh, get those code audits, um, you know, spend the time to write the tests and, and any formal verification uh, if possible, because um, 
you know, there's a lot of money on a, on the line. And unlike a, a regular program where you can go back and, and fix that bug on the fly, these contracts are immutable. And so you need to get it right the first time. Mm, I like that. That was good, man. That was a lot of tidbits in one. Thank you for that. Yeah, that might be a little more insightful. I was thinking more of just uh, community aspect, but just sort of one thing um, I'll sort of leave with um, just throughout, you know, all the time I've spent, um, you know, working in the crypto community or engaging others. You know, one thing I've noticed that everyone in the crypto community, um, you know, seems extremely aligned uh, towards kind of oneself towards a mission and, you know, never be afraid to sort of reach out to someone who you might think as a superior or as like a big thought leader. Um, you know, everyone in this industry is just trying to learn from each other and everyone has something to learn um, from one another. So you know, never be afraid to reach out um, and just kind of say hello and people, people will be uh, really receptive to that. Excellent. Thank you very much, man. Well, thank you. That, that was, that was both great advice from the two of you. Uh, and, you know, so, and thanks for taking the time to come on the show and discuss things with us and as like poet continues to progress and you guys continue to like add new features and get new partners on board come back on the show you know give us an update let us know what's good especially after you guys do your fundraising you know and you guys want to come back on or if you want to sponsor us whatever um no judgment um yeah <laughs> so, are, you, are you cutting are you cutting that out or is that <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just tossing it out there, just putting it on the table. It's a possibility. Uh, so, so you know, you guys can, uh, you guys can like come back whenever you would like. Just fill us in and let us know. We'll we'll, we'll squeeze you guys in. Um, uh, but yeah, Dimitri, if there's not anything else you want to fill in there, I think we're good to go. No, I got nothing. I'm pretty excited, and I I I get the idea. I like where it's headed. And I just sent an email to get on the mailing list. Like while we were in this interview, I was like, awesome. "I want, I want some." That's awesome. Awesome. I want some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I would talk about, I would, talk I would about happily uh, timestamp time someone like uh, our block channel, like publications and our stories and stuff like that through Poet if it's beneficial to you all. Um, I think that would be cool. I should look I think into it'd be that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any transcripts or any blogs, anything like that. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, I think For I think sure. that, like so Corey like you know stuff. like make it legit. So you know like post up a blog when we throw it up on the medium or wherever it is we put it at, and then we'll just include another link to the poet thing so people know it's legit. It's a good idea. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll add that on my list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, well great. So uh, we're we're great to go here. So and, and we will um, just chat with you gentlemen the next time you're back on the show. Sounds good. Thanks, Dimitri and Steven. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem, guys. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Status. Status is a decentralized messaging client that doubles as an Ethereum Lite client. Their vision is to be the WhatsApp of Ethereum by utilizing the power of Web3. Status aims to be the decentralized messaging client slash dApp store where you can chat, send money, and interface with powerful bots and applications built atop the Ethereum network. If you're a developer, they also have very robust technical documentation, and they make it easy to start building apps quick. So check out their links to their site and API documentation in the show notes below.